I'm Helen. And I'm Ali. This is Cars of the Macabre. Profanities guaranteed. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to Cars of the Macabre with Ali and Hells and Gooba or Mark or Gooby, Goobster or <laughs> Giblets, Giblets, all Goobert. of the above. Gooby. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about spooky cars again. Funny that. Funny that. Funny that. Funny that, seeing as we are Cars of the Macabre. Have you ever had any ghost stories... Like, think things happen to you. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, oh, I've never heard any ghost stories from Ali. If you've had any uh, experiences. Yeah, there's there's been a couple. Um, Do you want to share? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> there's been a couple. I'm not going to tell you about them, though. <laughs> Guess. Um, no, so when we were living in the flat at night time when everyone was in bed, I'd hear cutlery moving about. No way. Yeah. I don't know if I've shared this one on one of the previous episodes or not. But when I was working in the funeral home in Cambridge, there was two things. One, I had a family bring in some clothes for a deceased to be dressed in. I'm really sorry if this is a repeat of a story that I've already told, um, but it was just a pair of blue jeans, mm-hmm. um, some nondescript white trainers with some black patterning on there um, and something obviously for the top half. And I'd taken them through, I'd booked the clothes in, everything like that, and I was just working away. And I had turned at an angle where, like, half of me was kind of facing out the door, and I saw the blue jeans and the trainers walk past. That was so weird. Um, So it was kind of like out of... It was, like, periphery. And um, another time I was going through some folders. I think my colleague was off, and I was sort of just checking her work and stuff like that. Um, she asked me to keep an eye on and I we had these things on the wall where we put all the, like, the, the folders for each of our clients yeah. and whatnot. and I was putting them all back in and then one of them jumped out onto the floor Ooh. yeah that's a bit of poltergeist activity yeah, then isn't it and that was it and I was just like well that was fucking weird yeah uh, and you just carried on yeah <laughs> it's not it's not the dead that hurt you it's the living this is true um I <laughs> There was something that funny that happened to me when I was working in the mortuary. I was getting a deceased ready for a viewing. And obviously, sort of, you're moving them about and whatnot. And, you know, the deceased have gases and, and whatnot. <laughs> and, and they can make noises and stuff. And I was moving this um, the gentleman's head, like, to put a pillow underneath. So I kind of, like, his head was, like, lifted up a little bit. And all of a sudden, like, he gurgled. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, no, I mean that wasn't a ghostly happening. That's just a natural thing that happens. And it's um, creepy though. And I know that you know they're not going to come back. I know that you know it's they're not still alive or no, anything it's like that. Science, but yeah, it's just complete science. And I 
it just made me jump back because I just didn't expect it because I was in oh, a world of my own. You know, it's kind of like autopilot. So yep. I'm just doing things that I would do on like a daily basis and all of a sudden that happened and I was like, oh! I was like, <laughs> you silly bitch. <laughs> and then carried on. I love that. That's, yeah, that's, that. I mean, that is spooky. Because like you say, it's not a paranormal happening, but it's still going to frighten the shit out of you, well, isn't it? it's just, it's not expected. I know it happens, but at that moment, I just wasn't expecting it yeah. to happen. And I was like, oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> that's brilliant. I love that. Hey, but what about you? Oh, I think I've already told them on one of our podcast episodes I'm forgetting what we've said. So, no, I am as well a little bit. Um, I Yeah, because I've been to, in London, oh, the history of the buildings in this country, I just love it so much. We've said this before. But in London, there is what used to be Bedlam, the, the as- asylum for mentally unstable people. Yes. To be fair, not all of them had mental problems. No, they used to they just, just put re- anyone in there. Read a book or something. Exactly. And uh, that... It's been turned into a hotel because, mm. you know, a lot of the old buildings in London will have been turned into something else. And my boyfriend at the time was working there and I was waiting for him in the basement. I'm sure I've told this story. Apologies if I have, but it's a good one. I'll tell it again. Yeah, we, we're sorry if we repeat ourselves. We do it a lot. We do. Even to each other. It's fine. And I was reading a magazine and in, again, peripheral, periphery, I saw someone walk past in front of me. Mm. I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, there's nowhere for them to go. And so I got up and I looked and there, there was physically no way, no pathway, mm. no entrance or exit that anybody could do that. So I was just like, hurry up, can we leave? <laughs> um, but that that place was was very, very cool. And I think then I would have been too scared to stay there. Mm. But I don't know now because I've become a little bit more spooky. I feel like I would I would stay somewhere like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Would you stay in somewhere you knew was haunted? Yes. Yeah. But I'd have to have someone in the room with me. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to sleep? I don't know if I would. Take enough Solpadine Max, I would. <laughs> that, this is the problem because we're so anxious. I feel like we'd we'd kind of whisk ourselves up into some sort of frenzy and then wouldn't be able to sleep anyway. Yeah. Probably, I'd be thinking things and then we'd be sharing them with each other and making each other more and more sort of scared and nervy. Yeah. And, yeah, that or an edible, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just something. <laughs> just go in there, take just take a Valium and go, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop it. But yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, a few years ago, there's no way. I'd mm. be like, nope, I'm not going to set foot into a haunted place or anything like that. But then I think it's got a lot to do with mental health because when I wasn't very well, I wouldn't watch any horror films. Yeah. I wouldn't, and but now I'm. It, it proper brings you more. Yeah, to, yeah, and it's it's almost like it's literally terrifying me. And they're not any less terrifying, but now, um, you know, my chemicals are stabilized by medicine i'm like yay bring on the spooky bring on the bring on the booze yeah as in as in not booze yeah ghosty booze not alcoholic booze i remember one time when because i used to be a visual merchandiser and i traveled a lot with work so we stayed in all kinds of different hotels and my colleague and friend chose this one particular place she was great at choosing fab hotels and it had been converted from an asylum 
into a hotel, but she hadn't told me. Ooh. And we got there and it was it was literally like the opening weekend of it. So nobody had stayed in there. Beautiful place. Absolutely amazing. And we always used to share a bedroom because we were so close. And it's like, well, we may as well sit and gossip and watch mm. movies together when we're not working. So, But on this particular occasion, they didn't have either a big enough double bed or two singles. So... We stayed, we stayed in separate rooms. And I was thinking, what is this place? You know, I'm looking around. And then we're checking in there. Oh, yeah, it used to be a mental asylum, which is what they were known as. And I did not get a wink of sleep. Aww. I had the light on. I, I just couldn't, could not sleep. But mentally, I wasn't in a great place. So yeah. I, think I wouldn't want to do it on my own, though. Going to staying in a haunted place now, if you knew it was definitely haunted, I'd probably have the light on as well. But also, mental asylum, there's going to be a lot of very unhappy people from there. Yeah. A lot of really awful experiments done on them. Mm -hmm. So that's all I was thinking. I was like, if anyone's here, they're not going to be very fucking happy about it, are they? Revenge. Exactly. (laughs) So there we go. Okay, so in conclusion to that catch-up, we would stay in a knowingly haunted place. Together. Together. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Safety in numbers. Okay, well... I mean, that kind of leads us onto this spooky story, which obviously is connected very much with a car. Yes. In fact, this whole story is centred around a car. So today I'm going to be talking about James Dean's Porsche 550 Spider. Nice. Beautiful car. Beautiful car. Beautiful man. Mm. You know, all round beautiful. So James Dean was a big Hollywood name and remains a cultural icon. I think, you know, most people think of James Dean with the amazing hair, the kind of upturned rebel without cause. Exactly. <laughs> and he um he featured in a handful of movies. He only had a very short career because he did die very young. But probably the most well known is Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. And as well as acting, James Dean absolutely loved cars. He was a proper petrolhead. And in fact, his passion for cars, racing and motorsport, actually surpassed his love of acting. Okay. So, yes, he did do acting, but he'd much rather have been racing a car, yeah. which is very, very cool. And after saving up paychecks, on the 23rd of September in 1955, he bought himself a brand new Porsche 550 Spider, And this was actually Porsche's first street legal race car. Oh, OK. I mean, from I'll put pictures on Instagram, but it, all you've got to do is Google it. If you look at it, it that is, to me, that is a car. That is a proper car. There's no safety features at all. You're no. just open to the elements, but that, it just looks like a race car. And the fact that, you know, that was their first street legal, inverted mm-hmm. commas, race car is pretty incredible. Beautiful car, really amazing. So the Porsche 550 Spider became a racing favourite across the globe because of its agility and power. So it's a little car, you know, it's that you're going to throw that round corners... That is just going to be so much fun. I'd love to drive one of those. And James Dean got the number uh, 130 painted over the bonnet and the doors. And he got Little Bastard, (laughs) a nickname given to Dean by a friend, painted on the rear cowl of the car as well. So I love that. He customised it, which is brilliant. 
and little bastard little bastard yeah and it is actually quite fitting when you sort of learn more about the story James Dean ran into the British actor Sir Alec Guinness outside a restaurant and he was super excited to show off his new car but Alec was not very happy he got bad vibes in fact Alec warned James Dean not to get in the car telling him and this is a quote I must say something, please do not get into that car because if you do, and he looked at his watch and said, if you get into that car at all, by 10 o'clock at night next Thursday, you'll be dead. Where did that come from? I don't know, that is a statement and a half. So I don't know whether Alec Guinness was particularly... He had some sort of premonition, didn't he? Premonition, yeah, it sounds like it because it just seems like as soon as he saw the car, he was like, don't get in the car. And this was just after Dean had bought it? Just after Dean bought it. He's really excited, showing it off. What on earth would you do if someone said that to you? Well, you kind of, you would kind of, well, you'd be inclined to dismiss it. Be like, yeah, all right. But because, you know, unless it it was known that Mr Guinness had... Psychic powers. powers. Yeah, then you'd be like, all right. Okay, that's weird. Thanks, bye. Yeah. And I mean, it would be difficult. I mean, it, I, it would play on my mind. Yeah. Definitely. It would play on my mind, but the fact that, you know, he's saved up his paychecks, he's bought this car, he's really excited about, he loves cars, he's just going to be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But I don't know what I would do if I'd sort of, if someone said, don't get in that car, I'd be like, what? Nah. It'd be re. Yeah. I think that's fine. I, I'm a good driver. But the trouble is, it's everybody else, isn't it? It is everybody else. Is is it that the case in this story? Is everybody else? Well, you shall find out, shall no, you? No, no, no. So... <laughs> On the 30th of September in 1955, Dean was on his way to attend a race. How long ago, how long after what Alec Guinness said to him was he on his way now? It seems like he showed Alec Guinness this car early on when he got it. So he bought it in um, September of 1955. Right. And then... Right, okay. Okay, so very soon. So he bought it on the 23rd of September 1955. And then the next part of this, it's on the 30th of September. Okay. So it's a week later, if that. He was on his way to attend a race in Salinas and decided to put his new Porsche to the test on the open roads. Well, it's a street street legal race car. You could literally drive it to a race and back again, which is awesome. Um, And he was with Rolf... Wutherich, the Porsche mechanic by his side. So, I mean, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. You're taking your race car out to almost break it in. Who are you going to have with you? Race mechanic. Perfect. Initially, it was going to be trailered to the event, but it was decided to warm up the car by driving it to the race, which makes sense. You know, if, if you've got any kind of new car, if you customise a car, you put new parts on a car, you want to run it in yeah. a bit. It's called a shakedown. So after already being given a speeding ticket, Mm. they approached the intersection of Highway 46 and 41 very quickly. Student Donald Turnup Turnup Speed... Turnup Speed. No. Yeah. Really? ...was uh, turning left towards Highway 41 when he realised that Dean's Porsche was approaching at high speed... And Donald actually hesitated and backed out from turning left. But in a split second, um, the light aluminium Spider 550 crashed into the front driver's side of Donald's Ford Tudor. So if you kind of compare 
an aluminium race car for the road with a Ford Tudor, it's like chalk and cheese. It's, you know, nothing's going to change stand a chance crashing into that. It's just kind of, and especially at speed. Yeah, so he obviously didn't get back far enough. No, and it makes you wonder... If he'd have gone on, would it have been avoided? Or you know, it's it's there's a lot of what ifs in all these stories, yeah, you isn't get there? Penalised for hesitating, don't you? Exactly. Um, in your driving tests and stuff. Exactly. So you know, but then if you think, well, okay, well, if it was quite a chunky uh, for Tudor, yeah. probably wouldn't have been very quick. But then getting could, away, would Dean have seen it and been able to sort of swerve out the way or something? Who knows. What See, if, this is, what ifs, ifs. There's a lot of what ifs. Like, what if they had gone in the trailer? They would have been driving a lot slower. Yep. It's like all these little things that perhaps could have changed that future. Exactly. And yeah. it makes you think, well, you know, fate. Fate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But because of the high speed impact, Rolf was sent flying upon impact. So Rolf was the mechanic yeah. with uh, James Dean. And James Dean was crumpled under the car's body with his feet stuck between the steering wheel and the foot pedals. So sadly, James was uh, pronounced dead when he arrived at the hospital and he was only 24 years old. That's sad. Really sad. Again, I'll, I'll put... Jesus the, Christ. The crash is horrific, but I will put some reference pictures onto Instagram. There's already some on there. So he but, would have been here? Yeah. And his feet stuck. In, so we're just looking at a photo of the car. And Rolf was in the passenger sheet. So if you look at the car, there's no roll bar. Yeah. It's... Probably unlikely they were wearing seatbelts because they were not legally required to do yeah. so at that time. So Rosie didn't get thrown out of it then. Well, Rolf did. Oh, sorry. Yeah, James Dean didn't. Rolf did. Possibly, uh, depending on the you crash. See, obviously, I'm James Dean got pinned in. Trying to imagine his feet stuck between yeah. the steering wheel and the foot pedal. It was just crumpled that much. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. if you think how it's a small so car, so he was crushed essentially a little bit as well, Dean. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to picture what that would look like. I know that sounds really weird, but that's how how your mind works, babe. That's fine. Okay. So Donald Turnup Speed, who was driving the Ford, got away with a scratch on his nose. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's... He he was very lucky. Yeah, exactly. But again, it just shows the difference in the vehicles. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so the remains of Dean's crashed 550 Spider were auctioned off by an insurance company, which just, to me, is just, it just seems wrong. But it happened. Distasteful. Yeah. And uh, despite the horrendous impact, the engine was still intact um, and it was salvageable. Oh. So Dr. William Eshrid, a part-time racer, purchased the wreck and stripped it down. And he then used the four-cylinder engine from the remains of the Porsche in his Lotus and he lent the transmission and suspension, which were uh, 550-specific, to Dr Troy McHenry. They then both competed in the 1956 Pomona race with their cars, which both had parts from James Dean's Rex Spider. Oh, my gosh. So, okay. Mm. Think about that what you will. Mm. But... In this race, Eshrid's Lotus lost control and crashed. Luckily, he wasn't badly injured, but the car was completely totaled. Yeah. And Troy McHenry also lost control of his car and crashed in a tree into a tree, and sadly, he died from the accident. Uh. You could argue that it's motorsport, 
at the time there were very little safety yeah. features. Health and safety, what health any, and safety? Exactly, no health and safety. So, you know, but also it had parts from the crash spider in it. So, mm. you know, that's, I mean, coincidence. Yeah, well. But then most sport is very dangerous. So, you know, you can look at it both ways. So coincidence or not, these accidents added sort of spooky suspicions around the Porsche mm-hmm. and it added to claims that the car was cursed. Yeah. And You can see why. Just on a side note, I feel like people possibly should have listened to Alec McGuinness. <laughs> well, you mean like, James Dean should have listened to Alec yeah, McGuinness? I feel like they should have gone, yeah, do you know what, he had a point, perhaps we should just, you know, fuck this car off. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you say, it's basically a tin can. A beautiful tin can. A beautiful tin can. The best tin can I've ever seen. But it... Yeah, scary, scary stuff. I mean, motorsport is so dangerous anyway, but if you look at the past, it's just astronomical how dangerous it was. Yeah. And obviously where there's a cursed car, there's a macabre person, somebody, somewhere wanting to own it. Helen Stanley. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. I don't know if I could own a wreck like something somebody had died in. I think that's We've different. had that conversation before about seeing something like that. Seeing the yeah. actual wreck yeah. itself is just a bit much, I yeah, think. Yeah, I couldn't do that. But so this time it was a car customiser from Hollywood called George Barris. Um, and he actually wanted to rebuild the Porsche Spider back to its original condition. But the car was completely beyond repair. Yeah. I mean, you've seen photos of it. I, where do you even start? Um, so Barris... De- displayed the wreck at various car shows, basically capitalising on its morbid notoriety instead. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll I'll post uh, pictures of the car on display because it's just like, ooh. I know we like spooky stuff, but I don't know. There's something about a wreck of a car on display in yeah. some sort of freak show kind of scenario. It's just, oh, it, I don't know, it just... It really gives me the creeps. And it is such a wreck of a car. It's not a few dents. It is completely totaled and scary, you know. Um, So during this time... I think it looks like somebody died in it. Which obviously they did, but you look at it and you go, no one survived. There's no way. Yeah, you look at it and go, "Uh -uh, There's no no way, shape or form someone could. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's really, really frightening. So during this time, spooky rumours continued to grow. Mm -hmm. As people who so much as touched the wrecked car allegedly got cuts and mysterious wounds. While in storage, the spider randomly caught fire. A pair of tyres sold from the 550, both reportedly blue at the same time, causing the new owner to career off the road. Uh, And also the Porsche fell from its display whilst on show, breaking the hip of a bystander and it reportedly fell on the driver who transported the car, killing him. Fucking hell. Incidents continued until one day in 1960, James Dean's cursed car mysteriously disappeared whilst in transit to Miami. And supposedly, little bastard hasn't been seen since. Really? So, again, going back through that, okay, if you touch a wreck of a car, probably likely to get a cut. Mm. It's not a safe thing. It could possibly fall on you. But all of this stuff added up, is it too much for it to be a coincidence? That's a lot of stuff happening. That is a lot of stuff happening. And how does it just disappear? 
Exactly. How? There's so, there's, again, this has then sparked a lot of urban legends. Somebody says it's been bricked up in a building and other people say parts of it. But then that leads me on to the fact that, um, so the engine was still reportedly to be owned by Dr. Eshrid's family and the four-speed transaxle is in Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum in Vegas. But then if the car weren't missing, how have they got that stuff? Or was it removed? Because the engine was taken out of it. Right, okay, sorry. And, yep. yeah, the transaxle obviously has gone out of it at some point because it was taken apart. Mm. And, you know, if, if it's put back for show, there might have just been bits put back on it to show it bef- right. before it sort of almost been, like, picked at. Sure, so the engine was completely out of it when yeah. it was being transported and disappeared exactly okay. so um and obviously i've seen the transaxle mm-hmm. um but but the rest of it the rest of the car is still a mystery of where it is but the fact i didn't know zach had it in the museum i bet that was a real nice oh, weird nice surprise <laughs> yeah it's, it's we don't know how to phrase that because no. how do you phrase that but yeah it's, it's got its own room what a macabre surprise <laughs> it was a very macabre surprise it was a very cars of the macabre Surprise! Very spooky, but yeah, it had its own room. And what they've done is they've the transaxle has again. I'll put pictures on Instagram. Has been parts have been added to it, mm-hmm. and then on display it shows you whereabouts it would have been on the car. Okay. So you can get you know if you know a lot about cars, you can be like, oh, I know where that came from. Yeah. But if you can't, it's quite hard to picture. So and it's on display in this amazing kind of glass case in its own area. And just purely because of the fact no one knows what's happened to the car, I was not expecting to see this. Yeah. And it was a new thing that Zach had acquired. So this was a year ago now. But, yeah, um, I saw that it was bought for like, oh, there you go, like $387,000. Yeah. And he has paperwork from Porsche, which, you know, verifies the fact that this is from that race car. It's got the numbers on it. He's got certificates for it. God only knows where he found it. Again, I'm intrigued where people find this these things. Yeah, he like like we said before, he's got some sort of connection somewhere. But also, if you think you know that you you will have private collectors who who do collect murderbelia, mm. macabre things. There's and something probably on like the dark web for it. <laughs> probably, and yeah. also Zach Bagans is so well known. Mm-hmm. Someone's thought, oh, I've got this. I'm going to ring him up and see if he wants it. So coming from someone who doesn't know what the inside of a car looks like. Well, I say inside, like the the mechanics and everything like that. Yeah, where is this? So, so they've added all this black the black parts on here, which again I'll share. This is the axle. So there's there would which be bit? wheels. So this bit. Yeah. Oh, so these are the the wheels. Axle, yeah, they're the wheels, and it's and the front. Yeah, I think that would be the front. Porsches are weird because obviously the engine's in the wrong place for mm. me. So I'm not. I need to see need to see the um, illustration of it to see which way around it should go but yeah I think it's quite clever the fact they've built it up mm. so you can go oh yeah the wheels would be there um, so yeah transaxle is part of the axle right. yeah. so it's a big quite a big part of the car yeah um, again you can't drive it without one no you couldn't <laughs> and I don't know where he got it from but he has got it and it is in the Haunted Museum so I'm just getting a note from Gooba rear wheel drive obviously engines so in, in the, the back. back Yeah. so it'd be in the back okay Yeah. so, so they were the back wheels back wheels that was the front okay cool yeah so, I'm just trying to picture it as well which also again makes sense because the back where the engine is obviously that didn't 
have the biggest impact the front would have done where he crashed into the Ford Tudor. Yeah. So the back part of it, you know, probably was in slightly better nick, if you can say that. But, oh yeah, that's oh that's a good picture. So it actually shows you in this photo where it would be. So again, I'll share yeah, this. That one can be yeah. Okay, but that is the story of James Dean's Porsche Spider. Again, I have done extensive research on this, and it I cannot find. There's so many whispers and conspiracy theories. Someone's got this. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But, you know, the fact that a part of it can be seen and it's corroborated and verified, it's just that's part of it. It's, it's just rad. such a bizarre feeling that you can look at something and be like, that was part of such a huge thing. Well, that's the thing. The, the crash in of itself was a big thing, yeah. very disturbing thing, very sad. But the fact that it then went on, you know, the car went on to kill other people... Mm-hmm. As part of its story, you know, it, it does come under the whole cursed car sort of yes. questions. Yes. I, I just think it's absolutely fascinating. And, and you know, the fact that he was such a petrol head, that was his absolute passion. Mm. Acting was just like, oh, this is my paycheck so I can save up. I it's, think it's fascinating. It's quite... You kind of don't want to say he died doing what he loved. Well, but but, but he kind of did. Yeah. Um Oh, okay, so Goobers, the passenger in the crash, who was Rolf, who was thrown from the wreckage, Rolf Wutheridge, he said, I can't, my eyes aren't that good. I Thanks, thought babe. he died. He survived but died. Oh. oh, he died of a crash 26 years later. Okay, so he oh, did survive okay. it. But, God, that's weird, isn't it? You survive one crash and, and then, then you die another. another one. You laugh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I thought he died. I thought he did, actually. So that's... That's new and interesting information that I didn't know about. So he was taken to an LA hospital for immediate surgery, but Pat- his left hip was badly torn and it required mm. more surgery over the next six months. Oh. So because he was thrown from the vehicle rather than being crushed inside well, Maybe it. being thrown saved his life then. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's just... a car. I mean, car cra- any, any kind of disaster like that is just horrific, but... I just keep thinking of, you know, I've I've been in race cars and the difference between an aluminium race car and a big truck is, well, it's it's big. He had to be cut from... So when Rolf died, he was intoxicated. Oh, no. He lost control of his Honda Civic, crashed into the wall of a residence and had to be cut from the wreck and was pronounced dead at the scene. He was 53. Oh, my God. That's crazy. History repeats itself. Yeah, but in a Honda Civic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a a giggle from Gamer then. I wonder if it was a Type R 80s. I do love a Honda Civic when it was still a two-door. Yeah, you only love a two-door, don't you? I don't like any more than two doors. See, that's boxy as fuck. That's really cool. I'm going to share a picture of that as well. That's wicked. 1980 Honda Civic. Again... Not a lot of protection, more so than the than the spider. the spider, but still, it was the 80s. You oh, know. it's just the picture of that crash that's Ooh, horrific. horrific. It is awful. It's nightmarish. Yeah, definitely trigger warnings on that if, if you kind of we'll want to... We'll put it up when we post the photos, Yeah, I think. But if you, if you, you know, look more into this story, the, the pictures of the crash are jarring. Yes, to say the least. So that's the story of that very, very macabre car. Mm. 
that continues to be a mystery and is sort of woven itself into an urban legend. Yeah. And you can see part of it at Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum, which we talked about before. Highly recommend a visit there. Well, yeah. there we go. There we go. Well, thank you very much. You are welcome. If you loved listening to us today and on any of the other episodes, please don't forget to like, subscribe, review, rate, share, download, send us stories at carsinthecarb no at gmail.com. Yep. There we go. Follow us on Instagram at Cars of the Macabre. Let us know if anything weird's happened to you in a car or someone's cat's mother's aunt's car that you know of. Or did have you do you own a car that some murderer had yeah. or like a robber used to own write in let us know um today's episode as with all the other episodes has been bought by the fabulous park lane studios sound engineer extraordinaire the goobs the goobs did you like this story today yeah it's a good one isn't it this is the kind of stuff he likes so mark is well into f1 well yep. into f1 but he really likes the science behind it all yeah so this kind of thing is up his street. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think the fact that there's mystery still behind yeah. it, it is it makes it even more kind this of This is intriguing. a gooby jam. Gooby jam. Gooby jam. Oh, that sounds really wrong. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just dawned on me that oh. only when you did the actions I realised what that was. Absolutely and not on, Alison Boyd. On that note, stay, stay spooky, spooky, bitches. bitches.